Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Dom time, and now uh, Iranian proxies have targeted U.S. bases firing from Yemen and places like that. It's going to be interesting to see what... Well, first we have to take care of Ukraine. Uh, the Russians firing on us? Is that the immediate threat here? More money for Ukraine from that speech last night. It wasn't even bait and switch because Biden's not able to uh, engage in any of that. It was just his handlers and the whole apparatus here. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. All right, Matt Gates has put this out. The guy never tires, but all right, I'll tell you what it is. Matt Gates says all eight Republicans who voted to remove McCarthy from speakership are willing to accept censure, suspension, or removal from the conference in order to elect Jim Jordan as speaker. All right, so on paper, that's a noble gesture. I don't think he believes anybody will move on any of that, but the uh, big eight have all agreed on something here. That's good. They're willing to accept some punishment because some Republicans are blurting out there, oh yeah, a couple of them on uh, shows last night and this morning that some people voted against Jordan just so Gates won't get any gain out of this whole thing. My God, it's It is uh, stunning how unreliable. Look, we don't want, at least I don't, we don't want Republicans to be like the Democrats voting in lockstep. We want them to vote what they think is correct, their conscience, their constituents. But this has nothing to do with this. And it's not even something where you see an agenda. It's almost silliness and just personal grievance here. So Jordan did not get, he went from missing 20 votes of Republicans to 22, and in the third ballot, 25. Although we believe there might be more ballots coming up. You could say to what point? Well, the strategy might be to embarrass them. There's a lot of switching going back and forth. I don't think it's going to work at this point, but I certainly don't want to see this Patrick McHenry as interim speaker until January. Not good. All right, but here's something. Uh, we're coming to your calls, too. I'm saving up till this hour. Um, this yesterday, and, and think about this after what we've seen go on on college campuses. And the question, and I'll take any suggestion you have. I'm writing about this. One of the biggest takeaways from this week is what we've seen play out, and we're monitoring the Philadelphia public school kids walking out of school down Broad Street, probably. That's the usual thing. I think the city hall to harangue about Palestine. And I told you at the top of the show. Yeah, scheduled for noon to walk out. When I told you about um, San Francisco's walkout, it is now clear Soros-backed groups were involved with that student walkout. But I'm not one to say it's any one thing that's provoking this savagery of what they're chanting and their hatred of Israel, their hatred of Jews, etc. Some of it's just old-fashioned ignorance. Uh, Some of it is a perverted sense. They think the poor Palestinians, they've heard it a million times, they're the underdogs, even though no one wants them in any country, apparently. 
There's a vague anti-American sentiment that taps into it, whether they articulate that or not. But some of it is what they've been indoctrinated into in colleges and high schools, etc. So now the Pennsylvania higher ed people, the board that runs these Pennsylvania schools, that include in various ways, in related ways, Penn State, University of Pittsburgh, too notorious for trouble. Penn, I believe the last time that I saw it, it's probably more now, gets about, Dan, if you can find any kind of figure, what does, how much money does the University of Pennsylvania get from the state? Okay. I believe it was $100 million. It could be more by now. Penn State, Pitt, Temple. They now are calling upon the legislature for a 6.5% boost in state funding. They want to maintain a tuition freeze. Now, this is the type of nonsense that they do. They keep on raising what they get, and they're expecting taxpayers en masse now to pay for it with a 6.5% boost in state funding for higher ed. Uh, Right now, it's $585.6 million a year for the state system, which enrolls 83,000 students. They want 623.7. Uh, Penn State's tuition is 19672 Penn State and University of Pittsburgh are both considered state-related universities. Listen to these figures. Pitt wants a 9.25% increase in its $177 million appropriation. Meanwhile, Penn State wants an increase of $120.1 million. They want $483.4 million next year, a 33% increase for Penn State, where we just saw and where routinely we've reported on and talked about over the last 10 or 15 years their nonsense around conservatives, conservative speakers, Riley Gaines shut down at Penn State. We're not dealing with someone radical here with Riley Gaines. She can't speak at Penn State, but they want a uh, budget. They want from the taxpayers alone next year, almost a half billion dollars. And what we've seen play out at Penn, LaSalle, Swarthmore, just to name a few, Harvard, you've seen all of it, right? And then we're told, oh, no, no, you cannot uh, do anything here. What about freedom of speech? Look, they had freedom of speech. In fact, you have a bad day. Thank you for the guy from uh, Penn State. We like it when they expose how bloodthirsty, how ignorant, how just misguided they are, that they go on the record. Good. Put your name on it, as Alan Dershowitz said. With uh, Dershowitz or, oh, with the Penn State. Yeah, one second. Thank you. So we're not asking to shut them up, okay? But you have freedom of speech, but we have freedom of action. There are consequences to this. We don't have to pay you to be this out of control, this obnoxious, right? Oh, that's cancel culture. No, it's not. You're trying to cancel our point of view. You want us to pay for things that are abysmal, and we're not going to do it. 6.5% across the board in the one, but Penn State wants a 33% increase. All right? It's obvious they've shut down speech there. It's obvious it's out of control. Penn is beyond belief. 
So 855-839-1210, isn't this the time? And you can imagine during this time coming back with these proposals, 6.5% more. Here's a little bit from Penn State. I think this is Chris Dush that we had on. He is the Penn State. He's the uh, senator whose district Penn State is in. He's there because they stopped Riley Gaines from speaking in a classroom on some alleged technical violation of scheduling. She goes to the campus green and these aggressive uh, protesters are dropping the F-bomb on everybody, overturning tables, etc., just because Riley Gaines is speaking there. And this is Penn State. Here's a little bit of it. Oh, yeah, you're going to film me? What are you going to do with that? You, go f*** yourself. You're such a f- loser. Getting some good footage? F*** you. You're a f- loser. Yeah. You want to lose $150 million to the campus for all your friends? I'm State Senator Chris Dush. I'm going to tell you something. You guys don't mark, uh, don't behave yourselves. You, you very well. You support well. the anti-trans people? I support the people who are here, like Riley Gaines, who had her private. Then you can f- yourself. You're a f- loser. Have a good day, son. You have a bad day. <laughs> All right, so you're here. We go again with this. You're anti-trans. Now, in a lot of areas, you can hear that debate, that tired debate, play out. The one we're going to win on, I've said it again and again and again, the low-hanging fruit. This is where you can persuade people who are not paying attention, who are persuadable. There's no way in the world these clowns like Leah Thomas should be able to compete against O'Reilly Gaines or any other women. That's an obvious thing. Now, you still have 10 to 15 to 20 percent, particularly on college campuses, are going to say you're hateful or will not buy that. That's okay. It's not about winning them or defeating them. It's about getting the persuadable people. That's where it lies. So are people persuadable right now that it's time to push back on big college? I mean, it's always been time. The outrageous amounts of money they charge. The one-sided indoctrination. And I'm not talking around the edges about Trump or something like that. We're talking about America. We're talking about Israel. We're talking about just anything that's traditional in those areas. That's where we're going. Uh, By the way, so I don't forget, the Working Families Party is coming out in Philadelphia. This radical socialist group is coming out with ads. We'll play it as soon as they're out there as we count down the campaign here. And in the ads, Dan... They show Josh Shapiro as Mr. Moderate endorsing them. Notice this now, Josh Shapiro, to make everybody comfortable with these radicals. And they say, if you elect any of these Republicans, you're electing, wait for it, Donald Trump. Like Trump and these guys, these bumpkin Republicans running for city council in Philadelphia, have anything to do with each other. Like they have any power or any connection to any issue the two Republicans that have been nominated by the defunct Republican Party in Philadelphia. You're voting for Donald Trump. You have something? I have a live feed of down at the City Hall oh, uh, good. right now. Yeah, um, yeah. It, there are students gathered. It looks like, yeah. I, I would say numbers in like a pl- hundred plus okay. uh, out there uh, right outside the, uh, what side is that? I don't even know. Uh, I would I would think the south side of the hall. Okay, yeah. Um, 
hear some uh, audio. I don't know what we're seeing here right now. Looks like another speaker's coming up now. Trying to get a better uh, vantage point so we can hear actually what they're saying. That's why I didn't come to it sooner. Okay. To hear that. Yeah, well, let us know if we get uh, a yeah, little I'll bit of that. So the Philadelphia here. public school students are out there. I'd love to come up to the adults. Hey, you look like, uh, where do I get some George Soros money? Can you help me with that? I got an idea. All right, phone lines are 855-839-1210. Side question today. Hit us with that odd combination or odd couple. Yesterday, uh, Chicken and Waffles Day. But is this the time? And, you know, th- there's no First Amendment guarantee. The First Amendment says you can speak. We, we welcome. We want to hear all this nonsense. But it doesn't mean I have to pay for it. Yeah, that's right, kid. You want to go to these places? You want to continue this type of stuff at Penn? I believe it's $100 million they get from the state. They should get zero. Penn State, they want a budget increase of $120.1 million. In what universe do they think they'll get it? Well, the universe that has some of these legislators who want a seat on the 50-yard line. It's a big deal, a Penn State football game. Huge deal in that part of the state. In what universe should we give them anything? And they want to keep tuition frozen. Okay, rather than a 6.5% increase in the money you get from the poor taxpayers, cut 6.5% then. Well, we can't do that. We're not going to do that. Well, then you're going to have to raise tuition, aren't you? What does it take for Republicans to be able to take this opportunity with what we've seen over the past week to 10 days and articulate it to Americans and say, this is the issue. One party supports all this stuff. We don't. And the leverage we have is to stop their funding. They have every right to say anything they want, but you don't have to pay for it. That's the principle. Several people have emailed me. They wanted to know the source of this Heritage Foundation breakdown, the difference between Ukraine and Israel. Uh, it's um, on the uh, and the headline is, Don't hold up Israel aid to further Ukraine war funding. Kevin Roberts, the president of Heritage Foundation, and J.D. Vance, the senator that we played you early on. And I I think it's worth playing again here, Dan. Here's what J.D. Vance, probably the best analysis of Biden's speech last night. And I have seen at least five or six Democrats out there this morning on talk shows all saying the same thing. Well, if you say you're for Israel, then you must be for Ukraine. There is absolutely no difference. Listen to Senator J.D. Vance from Ohio. Right now, America doesn't need client states. We need real allies. And if the Europeans aren't going to step up and actually carry their fair share, they're not real allies. They're basically depending on our generosity. And right now, uh, Sean, we just can't afford it. And we can't support the weapons necessary to fight a two or, God forbid, a three front conflict if China invades Taiwan. We know right now, Sean, that there are artillery shells the Israelis need for their operation in Gaza that we have sent to the Ukrainians. Why have we allowed our industrial capacity, Sean, to get to the point where we don't make enough artillery shells to support our friends? And given that reality, why is Joe Biden going on national television and selling people 
on a Ukrainian escalation when Joe Biden is talking about the terrible tragedy in Israel. Whatever your view, Sean, on, on Ukraine, it is a separate country and a separate problem. I think what the president did is completely disgraceful. If he wants to sell the American people on $60 billion more to Ukraine, he shouldn't use dead Israeli children to do it. It was disgusting. Exactly on point. Now, here's what Politico says on the Dom Giordano show. They say the Biden team appears to be betting the new war between Israelis and Palestinians could be an inflection point that changes the political calculus at home. The new Middle East crisis, along with Ukraine, the rising China-U.S. tensions over Taiwan, along with the growing sense that Beijing, Moscow, and Tehran are increasingly aligned against Washington, and gloating over Biden's problems at home and abroad, this is going to get Americans to support Biden and to get out of this isolationist mode. Uh, My answer to that is you have to be kidding me, seeing that Biden speech last night, that suddenly we're going to see more people saying, yes, he's right. We need to spend and continue to spend and invest in Ukraine. That's really going to happen. That's really where we're going to go. I'm more adamant than ever. This last night, even for Biden, even for big time cheesy politicians like this, to pivot without even much of a moment from Israel to this spending for Ukraine with the savagery that we've seen inflicted. His visit, he knows that. We've got to be all in for Ukraine. It's the same thing. That's exactly what he was saying. It is exactly the same thing. I've already given you from the Heritage Foundation. Their breakdown was great. Not only is it not the same thing, but what it's costing us as far as our own uh, supplies of uh, warlike materials and how troubling this is to aid Israel. We've raided from a, uh, a depot that we had there in Israel for the region to give it more to Ukraine. But watch for this. Next 48, 72 hours into next week, this is constantly what they're going to be saying. We're calling you out, they're saying. Yeah, 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 you're posturing for Israel. Well, I'm only saying for Israel, and there is a limit there. I'm sure there's a limit with you, too. We're not talking about hundreds of billions of dollars like we've seen for Ukraine. And they're not going to stop. They get this uh, 65 to 70 to 80 billion dollars, who even knows? Then there'll be another appropriation not just for the military supplies for Ukraine, but we're propping up their small businesses, their first responders. It's endless. They'll want more. What about the Europeans? J.D. Vance also said that. But to bank shots off of Israel to get more for Ukraine, this is what they're going to prosecute. They're going to be relentless on this. And apparently there are some Republicans who are on board with this for any number of reasons. Now, Hamas has apparently released two U.S. hostages. We're not sure why, other than they're, they're, you know, trying to say this is good faith. Hold the Israelis off, I guess. The longer they don't invade, maybe you'll have a better chance with the hostages. That happening now. But who's going to be persuaded by this? Politico says that's what they're betting on, that this all comes together and that rather than being, their words, isolationist, like Trump, the American people are going to rise up and embrace this. Really, we're going to rise up and embrace all this spending. 
We're going to rise up and embrace Americans getting killed for what reason in these godforsaken places? How is that protecting America? What it's doing is it's aiding and abetting the war machine. What it's doing is allowing the politicians to use American lives in these unending wars. Trump has made a breakthrough. I don't even know if he real his biggest breakthrough is that. Don't even know if he realizes it. You know, he rambles. He's all over the place. But in his own way, that was so different when he ran in 2016 than any other Republican. And it's taken with the base of the party. They're saying no. Now you hear the same voices saying Israel is going to be the way that we break through and we break this isolationist fever. Oh, so people are going to embrace now troops in Ukraine or unlimited spending in Ukraine or, heaven forbid, Taiwan bubbling up. No, what they're going to say is, look at Biden's weakness. How come this didn't happen on Trump's watch? Was it just luck? I mean, anybody needs good fortune. Or was it they were afraid of what Trump might do? After Afghanistan, they knew what Biden would do. And every time he's in person there, people go, oh, my God, this is the leader of the free world. That's what it is. That's going to embolden more of this. We're weakening ourselves. It's a European problem first, not an American problem. 855-839-1210. But Vance got it said, is that too harsh? Dead Israelis pivoting off them. To go back to Ukraine. What is it with Ukraine? They just cannot get enough of this. They just can't be satiated. The spending. The focus on that. Versus the focus on China, which is the real problem, ultimately, the existential threat. Five now U.S. Navy warships are moving toward Israel. And as I told you, Iran not mentioned. That's the other problem last night. Iran not mentioned by Biden. and I agree that Iran is the problem here. That's what we have to face up to. All right, let's go to uh, Drew in Upper Darby. Drew, you're in on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Drew, afternoon. Hey, Don, how you doing? I hope you guys are having a great day. Um, Don, you know, as far as the Israeli and Palestinian thing, like, like I agree with you with this upcoming ground war. Whatever it takes for the Israelis, because it, it, it reminds you of the images of the fall of Berlin, you know, when, when the Russian soldiers went in after World War II and the atrocities that they committed. But it's all, it's, it's, you know it was wrong, but you couldn't blame them because what the Germans did to their people, you know, and at that, that's what's going to happen here with the Israeli soldiers when they, when they conduct this ground war. It's going to get ugly, and, and, and we got to stand behind them, whatever happens. Well, I don't think they're going to engage in that. I really don't, uh, Drew. I think they're being cautious here. They know the world is watching this. They're going to be precise. But it's still going to be bad because there are snipers and tunnels and all that. Who is your uh, strange couple? Yes, Tom, I'm surprised this relationship actually lasted that long. I'm going to go with Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg. All right. It is kind of an odd pairing there. Uh well, Whoopi, maybe it was not as strange before she got on The View. I, I think she was a little bit different than maybe, okay? Dan, I can see a great View show. I'd love to see The View women 
and their significant other partner or husband on there. Can you imagine Sonny Hostin's husband? <laughs> poor, the poor husband of Joy Behar. Oh, the guy opens his mouth. What'd that be like? Yeah. Um, the re- news reader, you know, the blonde woman, they just tell her to read something in the middle of it. Anna Navarro's husband. Oh, my God. Murder's row here. Yes. Uh, so, so one thing you've asked me to monitor throughout the yeah. morning is at noon today, there was a scheduled walkout of uh, yeah. Philadelphia high school students. Um, and I do have a little audio of uh, just the police uh, response to that. Uh, you want to hear that real yeah, quick? Yeah, please. Charlie 100 to Central. Another point of information, ma'am. I'm up to about 225 students uh, pro-Palestine. I don't know their destination right now. They are uh, rallying on the north side of City Hall. No significant issues at this point. I'll keep central advised. I'll be on that page. Charlie, how did receive? Okay, so. Uh, Charlie, 128. Charlie, Charlie, 128. Okay, okay. 100, I'm cutting traffic off at uh, Broad and JFK right now. South, no, no southbound traffic on Broad for now. Tom 5 to the Charlie 100. Are they going back around City Hall? So they're continuing westbound on JFK. Time five, Time five. Yeah, so these little brats uh, taken off a day of school, and uh, then we have to expand police to protect them and make everybody <clears throat> held up in traffic, shutting up traffic around the center of the city so that some little brats can From tell the us their ignorant uh, chants about Israel. It's just completely uninformed chants, too. You had me pull that clip of the San yeah, Francisco let's hear leader. Here's yeah. the San Francisco leader. Remember, Washington Beacon saying deep George Soros groups advised and helped to set up these students. You know what's a tell when they run around saying decolonize? I'd love to get a couple. Hey, define this decolonize for me. Tell me what you're talking about here. Well, I have to look at my talking points. All right, here is the student leader in San Francisco who led the walkout. Behind this demonstration is Ishelle, a 16-year-old junior at Balboa High School. Half Farsi and half Latina, she felt a deep connection to the ongoing conflict in Gaza and decided to take action. My first plan of action was we made an Instagram account for Balboa, and uh, I did six hours of research Whoa. and gathered as much information from unbiased sources as oh, I could and put it together in a slideshow, basically giving all the context to the history um, and the context of what's happening right now. Six hours, Dom. Well, uh, you know, are these people reporters or are they just microphone holders? Could you tell us some of the sources, you know? Our, our viewers would like to know these sources. Then you put the sources up on the screen. Open secrets, media matters. Yes. Uh, George Soros called me and said, way to go, girl. You're running down the country. SNBC. And six hours. Wow. How long did you find the... Notice six hours, Dom. That's impressive. Right. Notice the word context. So are you saying we ought to put in context the savagery that we saw? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, I am saying that. Uh, it's a polite way of saying it. I really liked it, though, and I'd like to get a hang glider. I got a question for you. If someone listens to our show for the whole three hours, is that right. three hours of research? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so our job. listeners are doing half the amount of research that this woman's doing? For, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see them put it up on the screen, as heard on the Dom Giordano <laughs> show constantly. What's this unbiased uh, you went to? Yeah, the Dom Giordano. You know, I once had that, Dan. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld came on right before the 2004 election. He hadn't done an interview in six months. So around the country, we're told about 100 stations 
show this tape. It's like a radio show tape turning as Donald Rumsfeld is speaking. And they put it on from uh, my interview with him because he hadn't done any interviews. My goodness. (laughs) I did six hours of research. It's up on Instagram. You'll see the context of why these people did it. Not even an attempt to say, oh, my God, do you know what you're saying, kids? Even though they're kids, this is beyond belief. They're brats who have been indoctrinated around this stuff. It's all that it is. Yes. The, the unbiased research of the Dom Giordano program brought to you by Sherelle Parker. People warned me when I first yeah. learned uh, about you not to come on your show because they said we are so different. And, uh, Sherelle, you should never talk to him. This has been one of the fairest opportunities that I, I have had to communicate with someone in the media. And although you and I agree to disagree on the number of items, you have always given me a fair shot. And I want to say in front of your listening audience, thank you. Uh, that was quite an interview uh, yesterday up on podcast and behind the scenes, it's Dan and that woman in Sherelle Parker's office that was instrumental. I mean, you have to realize for somebody who's running in the Democrat primary, they hear Dom Giordano. It's, uh, well, some of them, some of them didn't mind. How's that Helen Gim interview coming so she can break down what happened during the camp? She's got to be in the top five interviews, Dan. In fact, can you imagine Helen Gim in studio for three hours here? We couldn't put on enough producers and enough phone lines and enough stuff that would be said. Um... How about uh, a, I think I only have like 60 seconds of a dump button. Yeah. And she has a very uh, yeah. sailor-like mouth, you know? Uh, yeah, so I would like to see Helen Gim over here to my right in the center, an exit interview with Jim Kenney. And then, of course, uh, Joe Biden. Nah, I don't know. Larry Krasner, Joe Biden. That's a tough call. It is a national interview, but I still You'll go with... you three, Dom. You'll get three. It's I either go Biden with, or Krasner. I go with Krasner. Okay. Now, I'm trying to think of a national Democrat... Nancy Pelosi doesn't get me as enraged as some. Um, AOC doesn't do this it. This is not the truth. AOC doesn't do it. Either. It's probably Tlaib. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tlaib would be, particularly if she broke down in tears. Now that would be, we're not going to a break, Dan. I don't care how many commercials. Let the tears continue here. <laughs> 855-839-1210. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's how you uh, get on board. Dom Giordano Show, 855-839-1210. In what universe can't we beat the Biden team if Politico's right? And I, th- I think they have sources that last night's speech shows what they believe a tipping point. That suddenly people are going to buy when Biden stands up there and talks about America's role in the world. Well, what's the translation of that? More dead Americans, unending wars, spending in a manner that's unprecedented for Ukraine, and weakening our own defenses. Isn't that what it comes down to? They all want to puff their chest and and get behind that. And yet, they don't lose out. In fact, they gain by all this stuff. They don't sacrifice anything in this. And when Trump came along as a Republican... And put the kibosh on that, even if it was in a rambling way. I think that's the biggest effect he's had. Yet there are still people in the Republican caucus who want to spend a lot more on Ukraine. And they don't like that Jim Jordan says no more. It's just one of the things that's happened here. Why they can't go for Jordan. Some are calling it revenge of the rhinos. 
even though I think that Jordan is not a, a person who has um, attacked individuals as rhinos or anything else. That was one of the reasons I thought it was reasonable he might make it. Is a lesson from this, and I don't think they'll call it admit, Dan, the very people bothering me on Twitter, when we said when Matt Gates engaged in this, that this is problematic because are we really going to see a Jim Jordan coming out of this? And you know what? Some of the bomb throwers were screaming, well, you might get a Donald Trump out of this. Can you see how that's impossible with this? Can you see that you got to look at, you can't force these people. Now we can primary them. I'm all on board with that. Any of those people from New York and everything else. But we have to calculate and maintain control of the majority in the House if the worst happens and Joe Biden wins. We have to have at least one branch of government, and this is a key one because of the money, to stop them. I mean, aren't those positions you can get? Oh, no, it's more fun to be there with Matt Gates. And we predicted then this is not going to be easy. You have the Scalise element there that won't give it up. You can't wish it away, in other words. You can't say, yeah, but, Dom, they shouldn't be doing it. I know that. I'm in agreement with you. I'm telling you the way the world is, though. And the, we, we had somebody call, Richard's great caller today, and talked about, are these women in the suburbs going to see the damage they did voting on abortion the last time? And my answer was pretty much no. They're going to vote on abortion again. That's why I'm very interested to see what happens in this state Supreme Court race, because it's a woman on the Republican side, and yet Democrats are running to say she'll ban abortion, when there's no evidence of any of that here. And I'm hell-bent, if nothing else, to get Carolyn Carluccio over the finish line, because even though it's not the sexiest race in the world, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, you and I know the control they have over our lives, just like these school board races. It's the biggest race out there. If we win it, there is usually a vote, Johnny Dock's brothers won, that you can persuade on the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. So when we get to 2024, we're not going to lose again because of a rogue Pennsylvania Supreme Court. We're going to have a shot, if it's 4-3, of winning all these things that will come up because you know that's what Democrats are going to do. That's how you win. Not by just saying he's a Ryan. Look, Kevin McCarthy, yeah, it disgusts me from afar, too. It's not my choice. Jim Jordan is and was. I don't know why he didn't run them. We've been through this 100 times. He didn't. Maybe because he thought he couldn't make it then. All right, let me take one more call, or then we'll have uh, our entertainment guy, Scott Cronick, with us here to give us some good stuff for the weekend. Nancy and Amber. Hey, Nancy, thanks for the hold. Hi. Hello, Dom. Long time no speak. Yes. Um, I listened to the uh, pathological liar Biden speak last night and try to read his speech. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I heard about one reference to Americans that were being held hostage, an unknown number at this point. Um, I don't think I heard one word about the unknown number of Americans slaughtered in cold blood. And, um, you know, there are way more people living in Gaza who believe that the greatest glory to God is to die 
while killing people who don't believe in their faith. Uh, so therefore, I have no interest in my tax dollars going to them at all. And I think no American is safe here or anywhere in the world with the corrupt Biden administration in power. But you're exactly right. No emphasis on the hostages, the pivot point. See, it's because he's so unskilled. They couldn't make us believe they were interested in that. They pivoted right to money for Ukraine almost instantly. Not even lip service for a few minutes to the hostages and what we're, you know, detail. You don't have to give up sensitive stuff. But what we're doing to try to get the hostages out. Of course. Well put, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. Don't be a stranger. That's uh, yeah, no mention of Iran or little mention and the hostages. A report on Fox from the Israeli defense. They believe a majority of hostages are still alive. All right. Scott Kronick, our entertainment guy, is next. Big, big time for entertainment, film, TV. Uh, I saw a film last week. Uh, our buddy, our entertainment guru, Scott Kronick, with us on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Scott, welcome in. Hey, Mr. Giordano, how are you? Good, Scott. Uh, uh, We saw Haunting in Venice and, uh, you know, a combination of a bit of horror thrown in, but more of a mystery, I think, is an appealing genre. Yeah, I I highly recommend it, if you remember. I think it's the best of those three Agatha Christie uh, things that were... Um, you know, made into movies by Kenneth Branagh, and I really thought it was great, especially, if, like I said to you, I, I was in Venice, and when you look at it, you're like, hey, I was there. It's awesome, right? Oh, it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, we were trying, in fact, most of the time we were trying to we eat there. I, I see the palazzo over there. It's like the water's come right. out. Um, the other thing that's uh, been happening, we've been talking about before we get to some of your Halloween selections is the Taylor Swift concerts uh, off the charts as far as worldwide box office. But uh, people saying, is a concert behavior okay in a movie theater? That's what you're saying. Listen, if you go to a Taylor Swift movie and you don't expect to sing and dance, then don't go to a Taylor Swift movie. All right. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. And, and Dom, here's what I'll tell you. I'm not going to the Taylor Swift movie. <laughs> I was hoping that would be, I, I would picture Travis Kelsey sitting in the front row through this. Is there any snoring well, yeah, involved yeah. at a certain point here with Travis Kelsey? Yeah. I believe, you know, they're saying that even though it made a ton of money, it underperformed because of her people being so uh, in control of everything and not letting movie people do what they know. It's almost like, you know, hey, let us figure it out. But instead, they decided to try to, like, basically run what time the screenings were, how much they would be, how long it would, how long the movie would run, all that kind of stuff. And they said they left money on the table. So as successful as it is, uh, they could have made more money. I'm glad to hear that. I'm not a fan of any of this. Yeah, so, I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, Scott, yeah. You're, you're a big concert guy, a big metal yes. guy. Say, say like, Metallica put out a, a, a concert right. film. Is this a trend that you think is going to become a realistic thing where you, a Metallica fan, might go to a theater to watch a concert, or do you think this is a one-off because of the Swifties? Well, this actually happens a lot of times, including with Metallica for their last tour. They um, There's that... There's that uh, I forget that company's name, uh, where they where they basically release movies uh, for anniversary editions and special concerts and operas and things like that. And um, uh, and and they did have a Metallica one, but Swift is on a whole other level. Like so, that might be one night or two nights, you know. But this thing is a major release. Like she's the biggest thing on the planet. So I think that you know there's there's 
there's room for that, but there's going to be limited engagements like you've seen already. But this is a whole other level because of who she is, which is a mind-blowing, numbingly uh, sad thing to me, but that's just the reality of that. <laughs> All right. I love this guy, Dan. You were right about Scott Cranick a year ago we started this. He's way too <laughs> He's been on with us, Tom. Yeah, I know. I know. But, I mean, there were a lot of other reasons, but that verifies it for me, breaking the shield here. <laughs> All right, uh, but one of your true expertises, uh, Scott, is uh, horror films, Halloween. What's the number one thing for listeners that you have this week? Well, I, I, I'm going to give you a couple things that, that are, if you have Hulu and, uh, and Amazon, there's two really surprise things that popped out there. Uh, the first one is a, a great movie called Totally Killer that's on Amazon. It's kind of a funny, kind of scary movie. I would call it like a Back to the Future meets Scream kind of movie. And it's like basically someone goes back in the past and has to fight a killer who's very Scream-like so that her mother doesn't die in the future. And uh, it sounds ridiculous, Dom, but it's really clever, funny, and well done. So uh, I was in doubt until I watched it, really liked it. Scott, I'm going to no cut you off real quick because the thing that makes Scream yeah. great is it's a satire on the horror genre. Yes. Is this kind of the same thing where they're satirizing and that's what makes it funny? Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Can't wait to check it out. 100%. 100%. And, and absolutely. And then the other one is called No One Will Save You, which um, has no dialogue, basically, in the whole movie. It is like, you saw Dope Sick, right, uh, Dom? I've seen it, yes. You know the girl who was the coal miner who got hurt and got addicted? That She is the star of this. Okay. And she doesn't speak throughout the whole movie. It's basically about an alien invasion and how she's dealing with it. And uh, and, and and it's crazy how, they, how, how well done it is for having no dialogue in the whole movie. And uh, it is really, really well done. It's on Hulu. Uh, it's scary. It's creepy. It's uh, a little bit gory, but it's more just kind of edge of your seat sci-fi horror. And I loved it, man. I thought it was great. Uh, Scott, uh, I might be open to a film like this, Dumb Money, uh, due to the fact Dan and I talked in the air. I mean, it was when GameStop and uh, I think it was AMC, all the manipulation, all that stuff going back and forth. Did they outwit the system? Probably not. What can you tell us about Dumb Money? Uh, it's a very well-acted, well-written, uh, you know, comedy drama about what you just said, about how, how these stoner kids basically took over uh, Wall Street and uh, took over the GameStop stock and uh, shorted it and, and really figured out a way to stop. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, didn't short it. Well, actually threw money at it and stopped all these people who were trying to short the GameStop stock, particularly these uh, people, uh, uh, one played by my favorite Ron Swanson. Nick Offerman is one of, the, uh, one of those guys. Uh, and, uh, and the other one is a, a very different Seth Rogen, uh, who's actually really well done. The problem with the Dom is that it, if you saw, I'm sure you saw that other great movie uh, uh, with Christian Bale. Uh, that was big short, oh, damn. Big short. Yeah, big the short. big short. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. It, yeah. It's re it's really a stoner version of the big short, and it's not as good. So the problem is, if you didn't see the big short, it's it's, it's going to be good. If you saw the big short, you're going to undoubtedly compare it to it, and it's not going to live up to it. But that said, if it pops up on your streaming services, I would totally watch. Now, have you seen, and uh, I don't have the title in front of me, even though, even if my wife won't go, I usually don't go by myself to see it. The new Scorsese film, does it drop today with DiCaprio? Yeah, man, I've been waiting for this for uh, for two years. It's, uh, to me, the movie of the year. Before I even see it, I'll let you know if it stays that way. But it is absolutely um Three hour, I think it's three hours and 40 minutes, Dom, so you better get your popcorn and, uh, and oh, make sure you boy. go to the bathroom before you sit down. 
But um, really, Scorsese is, I think, the greatest living filmmaker. Uh, I like when he gets away from what he's been stereotypically known for, even though it's kind of unfair to him. And I think that if this is as good as they say, it's 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, that it's going to be him and Oppenheimer. And I think Oppenheimer is going to be in the back of people's minds, and this is going to be more in the forefront of people's minds. And maybe Scorsese could have a, have a great award season because uh, he's my favorite filmmaker of all time. Killers of the Flower Moon. And, uh, look, I've come around a little bit on DiCaprio, despite the politics that he seems to inject and some of the a uh, little bit of smugness. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a very, very good actor. Well, you know, he's in De Niro's in it, too. So, of course, that's uh, Scorsese's two muses. No, you know, he's basically almost every movie either has Scorsese or De Niro or both in the movies that Scorsese makes. But, hey, you know what? I don't let politics get in the way of who I think is good or bad or indifferent. If they're good actors, good musicians, hey, that's all, that's all I care about, you know? All right, Scott Cronick with us. Scott, what's happening in AC this weekend or you or what's going on? Well, I'm going to give a little plug for our uh, Halloween's coming up, so we won't uh, be on before then. So uh, check out our Halloween party at Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall next weekend. Uh, we're going to do a Marvel versus DC movie theme for costumes. We'll give out a bunch of cash prizes and stuff like that. We'll have a lot of fun. A great Hendrix tribute man next Saturday night. Come see us at TennesseeAvenueBeerHall.com. Scott, thank you. Great stuff as always. Thanks very much. And, I got, and, and Dom, I got to see Dan in person. He's looking sexy these days, I got to tell you. Oh, You're too, Scott. You're looking very sexy as well. Oh, it's like we, we, we separate from one another and we both, uh, you know, raise our sexiness level. What's happening? All right, All right there That's we nice. go. All right. <laughs> All right, get me out of this. Uh, coming up. All right, coming up, we're going to talk with international lawyer extraordinaire Bob Amsterdam. Uh, and his client, I've been telling you this week, are Ukrainian Christians or Orthodox, who he's representing, and I think he's was on or going to be on with Tucker Carlson on this, in Ukraine, or being harassed or worse by Zelensky and the Ukrainian government. A story that uh, has not gotten out there enough. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD.